Here yep. we go. Let's do it. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to the second episode in season two of the Principles for Principles podcast. We are excited to bring our listeners a podcast that supports district and school leaders. Our goal is to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership around relevant topics. Whether you are an experienced or novice leader, this podcast is for you. Today's conversation will explore ideas, tips, and resources in developing or fine-tuning your leadership skills. We are your hosts, Julia Breedy, Aaron Dare, and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Education. And today we will be talking with our friend and Lakeside Elementary School principal, Tiger Rowan. Tiger has made it a leadership priority to be in classrooms and observe teaching and learning on a regular basis. And he's here to talk about how he prioritizes this practice and how he uses the five dimensions of teaching and learning framework to support his observations and teacher feedback. Hi, Tiger. Thanks for being a guest on Principles for Principles. We're excited to have you on our show today. As you know, we ask you here today to talk about uh, classroom observations and using the five dimensions of teaching and learning, or 5D. Could you talk a little bit about how you are getting into classrooms, making it a priority? Because daily life as a principal is busy. There's a lot of competing commitments, but you figured out some stuff to really focus on teaching and learning. Can you talk a little bit about your practice? Yeah, it's just one of those things where you just have to just make the time because there's always going to be seven or eight things that that you have to take care of and that kind of thing, which obviously you you have to take care of. But um, if you just carve out that from, you know, school starts at 830, morning meeting is on every classroom from 830 to nine. And then from nine to 10, I'm in classrooms. That's just the the that's just the, the culture that's been cultivated here. So teachers know that I'm coming around to look at their classrooms and to be in the rooms as much as I can. Um, I try to get to morning meetings um, during that first half hour as well, which is part of being in the classrooms. Um, but it's just one of those things where you just, you, you have to carve out the time, just like they carved out time for morning meeting. I carve out time to be in rooms, um, being with students and seeing lessons. Um, and that's just, you put it in your, your plan book and then that's just what you follow. Advice as far as getting like how teachers or principals can like do that is just when you set up your your calendar, just block off that hour every day. And of course, th- there are days when you know the, an SDC person comes or the district person comes, and they need to have a quick meeting at nine o'clock, and I I can't get into the classrooms. But when that happens, then I just later in the day I just try to make sure that I I if I take a half an hour in the morning, then I do another half an hour in the afternoon. Um, I just, I I try and make that hour out there as much as I can. That's helpful. And I think that really speaks to the commitment that you've made in a way that, um, that that helps to protect that time and make that a priority because it, as you've mentioned, it is easy for other things to infringe on that. And and we know, of course, there are times where you don't have a choice, but to to have to sacrifice some of that time, but making it that, that regular consistent habit of practice is, uh, is, is such a valuable way to, to ensure that, that you don't go too long without being in classrooms on a regular basis. So appreciate that. Um, Jeff, we can I ask something real quick, Jeff? Tiger, if, when you were to, if you were to look at your week, how often do you see yourself in classrooms and what does that time look like? Um, I'm, I'm in classrooms every day. I, I, I carve out that hour. I try to get to four classrooms a day, about 10 to 15 minutes in each classroom. Um, Wednesdays are a little more hectic because it's a, a half day. Uh, but even today, today is a, our conference week. We it's it's less than a half day. We had it's a minimum day, which is an hour less than our half day. And I was in three classrooms this morning just because that's I carved out 45 minutes to do it. Um, I I think it's one of those things where 
when you get into a routine and everyone's on the campus is used to that routine, they, they kind of know that that's what's going to happen. When a parent walks in at nine o'clock and says, I need to have a meeting with the principal, the secretary goes, well, he's available at 10 and, and that kind of thing. Just, and it's the culture and the parent and, the, and when she's, and when a parent says, what's he doing? Well, he's in classrooms. They go, oh, oh, no worries. And the parents are real. They'd rather have me out there in classrooms. And it goes along with the same thing that Joe and I have talked about is that I'm I'm out at every morning, you know, greeting every, you know, the greeting, not every student, but greeting the parents as they are dropping kids off. I'm out at every dismissal, I'm out with safety patrol. Um, and so that when the parents see me out there and then they hear that I'm in the classrooms, it, it, it's one of those things where when the parent comes in to talk or, or if even a district person comes in and says, hey, I need to have a quick meeting, the secretary knows, okay, after 10, it, it, after 10, and that's your only time you can, you really can have with them. Um, I mean, obviously if the superintendent comes through, I mean, you're going to make time for that person, but absolutely. But, but when she comes through, usually she wants to see classrooms. So it, it's, and she usually shows up at nine and we walk classrooms. So it's, it fits in perfectly with everything I do. And so um, as far as like you, one thing that Joe and I have talked about is I have a checklist. Um, I made a Google sheet with every teacher, uh, including the RSP teachers and the speech teachers that make sure I go through. And I, and I, and some, cause you get in that bad habit of, um, going to the same classrooms that are closed or the same classrooms that you know you're always going to because they're just familiar or whatever reason you have you end up going to the same um, couple of classrooms so I, I have a, a check a, I call it a checklist but it's a google sheet where I I write down the the feedback I've given to them and I put the date and then I make sure I go through and see every classroom before I go to the next classroom now obviously there's some classrooms I'm in a lot more because you have your, your high flyer students that I'm in there you know, sometimes a half an hour just dealing with a student. But even those teachers, I make sure I get, even though I'm in there for a different reason, I make sure that I go back through and leave them, you know, targeted feedback, 5D feedback um, at some point. I make sure I go through everyone so no one gets missed. I really appreciate the way you reference the idea of, of how that's become a part of the culture of your school, right? Mm -hmm. that, that it's just an expectation and everybody knows and, and the appreciation people have for your role as an instructional leader is, is really evident in the way that, that your, you know, your support staff is able to help advocate for your time in the classroom too. So that's really, really good. Well, and it's nice because the, the kids see you there. The teachers are comfortable with it now. They, they don't see it as me being in there to do anything evaluative at all. It's, it's just, oh, he's here. He's going to leave me a note and it's going to say, give me some feedback. And it's just, it's because it's, it's been going on, you know, daily, every classroom, you know, I, you know, I came here January last year and I was in every class, every classroom, at least, at least five times, some of them seven times, um, by the end of the year, like, you know, my goal is four a day and then, you know, to get through at least once, once every three weeks to every classroom. That's great. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned that part of that involves leaving feedback via the 5D framework. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that and how that you use that as a lens for observations and your teacher feedback and kind of how your, your journey with that tool has played out? Yeah, I started off by just going through and I was using the 5D as, as a way of my, to uh, focus my lens on what I want to see in the classrooms and leaving, okay, I, I noticed this teacher doing this. And as a result, the students were able to do this. A very, very objective, very non-judgmental, just I, I saw this. And as a result, the students were doing this. And that's where I started. And then um, after being in the classrooms and getting used to that routine, after about three visits, I had a staff meeting and we talked about, okay, here's the 5D. And I took the 5D, which is 
verbose. I mean, honestly, and I made it into, I made each section into a, a five word or less descriptor of, and I gave them, I gave them the five word or less descriptor. And I also gave them um, the whole 5D and said, okay, I'm going to be coming through your classrooms. Here's what I've been using as a lens. Is there anything you want me to specifically look at while you're in your room? Because if I'm there and I'm leaving feedback and you don't care about classroom environment, then I'm not going to look at classroom environment. I mean, I'm still going to look at it, but if you need feedback on small group work and, you know, and how is that going, that's, that's the kind of thing I need to know. So when I go in there, I know what to help give them uh, feedback on. So for example, one, one class, um, the teacher was really into making sure there was equity with speech uh, or, or speaking so that every student had a voice. And I would go through and I had like a little code that I had done, like a like teacher to teacher, student raises his hand, uh, girl shout, you know, shouting out just randomly answers. And I had the, and I would mark through on his like uh, seating chart what each student had done and then gave it to him. And then the next time I came through two weeks later, he tried to focus on the ones who didn't have like nothing written next to their name. And over the course of like five visits, it came where you saw everyone was getting involved. There's there's still some some in there that had the right to not share. But the point being the point being that he used that feedback to help his instruction, and that's that's my goal. I mean, as an as an educational leader, the feedback I'm giving them should help guide their instruction to improve their instruction. And so I'm another another set of eyes in the room to help them, and that's the way I see it. And but and then going back to the five D part of it. Sorry, I. I kind of bird walk there. But the 5D part of it is that, you know, by giving them these things that, you know, to like, what can I look for in your room with language that we both are speaking about, it made it so that when I walk in, we have this, and they have the same idea, we have the same um, lens. Tiger, I want to um, just point out something that you had shared, and, and I want to give you an appreciation. You were talking about how you, you were using like the seating chart and looking at students and how often they were responding. Something else that I think was great about that tool is you can look at students and their needs. So, for example, if you have an English learner in your classroom and they're, you're trying to build language development, you have, a, a, you know, you're looking at your chart and that could be a lens where, hey, listen, we noticed that this particular student who you're trying to build on language development didn't even speak at all. So how are you being responsive to that as a teacher? And how are you making sure that you're providing those supports or those language frames or those opportunities so that students are building that language? So I appreciate you sharing that. And, and it could be looked at in that different way, right? Like not only are they participating, but what are those um, what are those tools or what are those things that you're doing to support your students who, who may need tier two, tier three types of intervention? Exactly. And like, that's where the coding was really nice because um, uh, like if I put like SI student initiated versus TI teacher initiated or TQ teacher question um, that way it, it just, it, what, how was the, what was, what was the um, initiating occurrence? Was it the student uh, you know, initiating his own response? Was the teacher and trying to draw the student into the conversation or was it a teacher asked a direct question to the student or teacher asked a question to the whole class and the teacher and the student responded? Like those are different things So you can see like, Hey, this student over here, I mean, like, Honestly, when I was in there, some students, like it was all SI, like they just, they, they were the ones that want to just control the conversation. And some of them, um, you would look and it would, it would only be TI, TI, TI every week, whereas they, they, there was no initial, you know, student initiating, but they needed that scaffold of, okay, the, does, does a teacher need to help them? Like, you're right. So like, what, what does the student need in order to be successful in there? Awesome. So we have one last question for you. And so yeah. if you were a new leader, just getting started with the 5D tool, what advice would you offer? I think 
The biggest thing is I, I think being in classrooms is the most important thing. And then when you're in classrooms, that common language with your staff of what is the 5D and really establishing the trust that you're there to provide feedback that is helpful. You're not there to evaluate. You're not there to judge. Mm-hmm. Um, you're there to, I noticed this. And and honestly, like y- y- you're providing support in a way that like that they are choosing too. So it's, mm-hmm. um, if I was a new principal, building that trust by being in classrooms, leaving the, 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 the targeted feedback based on the 5D, um, and getting your teachers educated on what, what does the, how does the 5D help? Like how, these, these are, this is, it's a common language that, that we can have that way I can, they can be more successful. Awesome. I did want to add um, that we will be adding the 5D um, tool in our podcast notes. And also Tiger made reference to a Joe. And so we'd like to give a shout out to Joe Frescatori, who's with the San Diego County Office of Education. And he and another colleague, Sheila Moran, offer targeted feedback training. So we will be um, dropping the link in the podcast notes. So anyone that's interested in learning more about those things. Yeah, take it. It's it's excellent. Thanks, Tiger. You really spoke to like the climate and culture that you also have worked to foster where teachers were in charge of their learning and really helped guide your lens for what it was that you were providing feedback on. That's so important because evaluation can sometimes be really loaded. And what you really discussed here was an opportunity to grow and learn together. And as a result of that growing and learning together, you've worked to create this trusting relationship that is so important when we get into classrooms as leaders to offer feedback. So thanks so much for focusing us there and just talking about how you make it your routine. And so it's no, it's no secret when you're in a classroom and there's no surprise when you're in a classroom. It's the way that that business is done at your school. Right. It's the same as like seeing a student walk in. It's just a quick, like, you know, little wave. And then we're we're back to right what we're doing. It's, you know, we acknowledge and then we're right up where the lesson continues without any, none of that, like, oh my goodness, why is he here? It's just, I'm there. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us on our show today. We have just a few rapid fire fun questions for you. Like what was your first car? Um, I had a old Crown Vic. Nice. What color was it? It was, it was, um, they called it pomegranate. It was like, you know, the Blues Brothers and they're driving through the mall. Yes. Yeah, that one. That's amazing. What what year was that? Oh, what year? There you go. You know what? Um, It was, it was the last year of that, that body style. So it was 91. Okay. It was 91. Nice. Nice. What about your first job, Tiger? Oh, well, besides I was a paper route. I did have a paper route for, you know, like I think a lot of people in my generation had a paper route for, so that's not really a job. My first job was at a movie theater, um, which is, I think, an amazing first job because you get to see every movie for free. <laughs> nice. Quite a perk. You got my back. Yeah. Good yeah, idea. <laughs> and then the last place you traveled on an airplane. Um, we moved out from West Virginia to to California. And so we'd fly back every summer to West Virginia. So West Virginia. I fly back with the family. Nice. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Principles for Principles. Want more leadership resources? You can subscribe to our Today's Informed Principal tip sheet using the link in the podcast show notes. If you have feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode, tweet us at San Diego underscore principles. We'd love to hear from you. 
Join us again next time for more school leadership tips. Thanks for listening.